about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. started talking about, I don't know if it's two or three weeks ago, about a word called sanctification. It's a word in your life that God definitely wants to get into your life so that you understand it and you learn what he's talking about when he tells you to do it. It's very important to God that everyone who gets born again continues on to get what the Bible calls sanctified. It's not just, yay, I'm going to heaven, I never read the Bible, never go to church, and I'm going to be a different person, because you won't be. You'll be the same person. And even though you're going to heaven 30 years later, you're going to live through hell for 30 years, because you're not lined up with the things of God. You're living in doubt and unbelief, fear, and all those things. So praise God. God wants your sanctification. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse 23. It says, the very God of peace wants to sanctify you wholly. Now notice that's not the word holy. It's the word one piece, one part. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, you have to understand that you're three parts. You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in this physical body. What you see in front of you right now is just the house that I live in or the tent that I live in. If I would dry right now, my body would fall down because I'm no longer in it, and I would be gone, and you would see me no more. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God, because my spirit and my soul would disappear, praise God, into the wild blue yonder. Glory to God. So here he says he wants you to be sanctified holy, all one part. Why does he want that? Because your, your goal here, your call here, is that his kingdom come and your, his will be done here on the earth as in heaven. Now, how's he going to get his will? How's he going to get his morals? How's he going to get everything into the earth realm if you're living opposite of all those things in your life when you're the one who's going to put those things on display and bring other people to them? Are you following me? So what he needs to do, he needs to change us into the way he thinks and the ways that he does things and the way that he operates so that basically we can become co-workers with him. We can become ambassadors for a different country called heaven and bring heaven's lifestyle into the earth realm, praise God. And I believe, you know, we hear of all the bad things. You've got to look sometimes what the kingdom of God is doing also. There's an invasion of the kingdom and an invasion of the spirit going on right now, and we just want to look at the bad things because the news only talks about the bad things. Hi, this is Jimmy so-and-so, the 11 o'clock news. The Holy Ghost is moving all over the city of Port St. Lucie now. People are being slain in the spirit, signs, wonders, and miracles. People are getting full of the Holy Ghost, praise God, and that's our opening story tonight. No, you're going to hear the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and that's all you hear about. But I'll tell you what, the kingdom of God is advancing, and it's going to keep advancing whether the devil likes it or not. Because people are growing in the things of God, and they're becoming sanctified to the ways of God, to the will of God, and to the thoughts of God himself. All right, go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at verse 3. It says, For this is the will of God. Now, is this the will of God? Do you have to pray for 45 minutes to find out if this is the will of God? No. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess 
his vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, first of all, this isn't something that happens when you die and go to heaven because you won't be possessing your vessel when you're up there. You're only possessing your vessel down here. You following me? So you're in your vessel down here. He wants you to be sanctified while you're in your body to the way God does things, to his ways, to his thoughts, to his values, to his morals, to his ideas so that you can bring heaven into the earth realm. Now, first of all, in your vessel, how many know the Holy Ghost is in there? How many of you know Christ is in there, the hope of glory? Then we need to start possessing our vessel as if Christ and the Holy Ghost are on the inside of our vessel. Are you following me? And basically lining up with God is the key to everything in your life according to prosperity, whether it's money, finances, whether it's marriages, whatever it is. God knows the best way to do these things. And when you find out the best ways and start doing these things, then your marriage will line up, your finances will line up, your relationships will line up. All these things will line up in your life through sanctification. Here's the thing. Everybody gets born again and they get all excited and they get all fired up and they want to save the whole world for God. And that's good. But I'll tell you what, you're only going to do as good as you've been sanctified. I'm going into all the world. Have you been sanctified at all? No, but I'm going into all the world. Well, get some sanctification first. Come on, at least find out what God's will is before you go. Find out what he thinks, how he operates, what he does, so that you can do those things. Everybody wants to do something for God, but nobody really wants to be sanctified. See? Sanctify my wife. Sanctify Brother Joe. Sister Susie. Sanctify them, Lord. They need sanctified. No, here he's telling his will for you is that you be sanctified and you be lined up. And I'll tell you why. Before your sanctification, you get so excited for God that you start thinking things are God and they're not God. You know? Yeah, ready to quit my job, praise God, run all over the world and then just go and Becky and the kids, they just figure it out for themselves because I'm a man of good, praise God. And I'm going into all the world. I didn't know nothing, do you see? I heard God. Well, I might have heard God, but God was telling me to do it 20 years later. Are you following me? There's an exuberance there. There's a hunger there. But basically, there's, a, there's a, a sanctification that comes into your life that's your character that backs up for what you're called to do in your life. And the more sanctified you get, the better efficiently you're going to be, whether you're a pastor, a teacher, a mother, a father, uh, whatever. Praise God, whatever you're doing. So sanctification needs to take so that we can possess our vessel, say right now. So right now, a sanctification process. The Holy Ghost has been trying to lead and guide you into all truth ever since the day you got born. He's slowly trying to get you to change your ideas, change your ways, change your attitudes. Wait a minute, I've got to go back there. Change your attitudes. Got stuck there for some reason. See, because we get in a pattern, don't we? Ever since we're five years old, we don't get our way, we're mad. Now you're 55, you don't get your way. You're still mad. What'd you do? I kicked the door and ran out of the house. What do you do now when my wife don't agree with me? I kicked the door and run out of the house. Well, you haven't been sanctified at all. You're still a 55-year-old, five-year-old. Come on now. And that makes me so mad. Well, it's always made you so mad. How about not making it make you mad anymore by getting sanctified to the Word of God and changing that so it doesn't even bother you anymore? See, we're getting bothered about the same stuff for 40 years, man, over and over again. That makes me mad. That makes me mad. That makes, oh, that makes me mad. Yeah, well, you're going to be 85 going, that makes me mad. (laughs) See, there's a changing process that comes into your life through the Word of God that's going to sanctify you and get you into a place of stability and perfect peace in any situation. We were taught as little kids when anything bad comes, we got to freak out. Because our parents did, didn't they? Oh, my God, what's we got to do? What's going on? I don't know what to do. So now it happens in our lives. What do we got to do? How do we do it? 
were just like they are because they weren't sanctified in those areas also to show us what sanctification really is. See, if you walked in peace and joy and love your whole life, I guarantee your kids would be actually doing the same thing and they'd just be following what you do because that's the way they think it's supposed to be done. Then they go to somebody else's family where the parents are freaking out and they come home and say, I don't know what's wrong with them people. Them people are nuts. They're throwing stuff. They're screaming at each other. They're angry at each other. But if you came from the other way, you come to the other and say, what's the matter with your, your family so happy and in peace? What's the matter with them? Are they okay? Because it's what you've been conditioned to do. Well, the Holy Ghost is there to uncondition you and bring you into the things of God, to line up with God so that you grow in the things of God and you do a lot better and you're more efficient in what God has called you to do. All right, go to Romans chapter 6. Let me just throw this out. The quickest way to be sanctified, every time I hear the word sanctified, at least when I did, I thought of sin. I got to get sin out of my life. I got to get this sin out of my life. I got to quit doing this. But the best way to get sanctified is by agreeing with God of who you are, and that eliminates your sin. Are you following me? It's your identity of what Jesus did for you on the cross that sets you totally free, that you won't do those things anymore because that's not you anymore. You're over here, and you don't do those things anymore rather than fighting. So you could fight sin your whole life and never get rid of it. See, so I want to I line up, I want to be sanctified with my identity of who I am, who God has made me when I got born again, what he's given me, what he's provided for me, and when I come into agreement with those things, I eliminate all these other things that were in my life. All right, well, let's just read this. Look at Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body or your vessel that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. Now notice, this is a key here. What, is it, what does he tell you to do? He tells you to reckon yourselves dead unto sin, but alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. What does the word reckon mean? Reckon means to consider or think of someone or something in a particular way. How do I reckon? I am thinking of something or someone in a particular way. I'm considering or thinking as being a particularly rain. In other words, this is going to take up mind change, isn't it? It's going to take a different way of thinking. So I got born again. I'm excited. I love Jesus. I'm going to save everybody in the entire world, especially all my relation. How many of you tried that? It almost took you right back out, didn't it? No, but I came out of something where I was thoroughly convinced for years and years that I am a sinner. But now I wasn't just a sinner anymore. I was a sinner saved by grace. So I was a sinner. Not once I start reading my Bible and some read it, and it says basically that I have been changed and I've been made righteous. And I said, my God, is that for everybody, the pastor or the, just the, the teacher? Or who's it for? And I'd come across another scripture and say, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, it's hard for me to be righteous and a sinner at the same time. I'd have to be almost bipolar. <laughs> See what I mean? What are you? I'm not sure what I am anymore. I was a sinner. Now it tells I'm righteous. I'm caught. I don't know what to do. I'm caught in the middle. I don't know what to do. So what am I going to do? I'm going to reckon myself what God said I was. I'm going to reckon myself as being righteous in right standing with God, walking free of sin, free of these things. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Then when there's a temptation to sin, it's not so hard not to sin because I'm not a sinner who sins. I'm a righteous person who never sins. 
See, it had all to do with my identity. So I'm going to reckon myself. So I'm not going to talk on Sunday like, yes, praise God, he made us righteous. And Monday, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I'm just as a failure. My gosh, I sin every single time. I just get angry. I just do all this stuff. What are you doing? You're counterdicting your reckoning. See, so what I want to do, I want to reckon myself, basically, the righteousness of God in Christ. Before I got saved, I had some kind of throat problem or something where I was sick about every other month. I would get sick. I'd get a shot. I'd do whatever. When I got born again, I was still a sickly person. Then I read, basically, by his stripes, I've been healed. I said, oh, look at that. It says I'm healed, but I can't be because I'm sickly. But it says I'm healed, but I can't be because I'm sickly. So am I sickly or am I healed? How are you doing today? Sickly healed. See, I didn't know which way to go because he said, I'm healed, but I say, I'm sick. I go to the doctor. He didn't say, God said, you're healed. I mean, he said, you're right. You are sick as a dog, praise God. Now, I wasn't only sick. I was sick as a dog. See, so what did I have to do? I had to find the scripture. Well, what's it say? It says here, basically, that I am healed. So, praise God, I'm going to start talking like a healed person, acting like a healed person. I'm going to reckon myself healed, praise God, rather than sick all the time. I'm going to reckon myself totally delivered from sickness and disease, rather reckon myself sick, reckon myself a sinner. I'm going to start lining up with God. How many know a righteous healed person can do a lot more than a sinner sick? And how about the testimony? A sinner sick person running around out there ain't much of a testimony. Come serve my God. How are you? Sick and a sinner. Oh, that sounds like good stuff there. Praise God. No. We're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to be salt. That doesn't light anybody and doesn't put anybody flavor, praise God, anywhere. So, so what am I doing? I'm starting to reckon myself. I'm starting to see myself. All at once I found out that I am more than a conqueror rather than a victim. But you know, the victim was still more fun to play. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Please come and pat me a little bit. Tell me, tell me the wrong. Tell me how great I am. Tell me, no. No, you're more than a conqueror, praise God. And that's just the way it is. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what other people. I don't want to line up with, with Professor Joe. I don't want to line up with Pastor Dum Dum. I want to line up with the Word of God. Are you following me? And if the Word of God tells me, praise God, that I'm more than a conqueror, then I'm going to reckon myself more than a conqueror, praise God. And I'm going to grab onto that identity that comes to me. Yeah, yeah, most people in church, I'm only human. Let the weak say I am strong, just a sinner, just as I am without a plea. Notice, anything you claim as a spiritual being, you're going to have to fight against. I've been fighting anger all my life. You're going to continue. See, you've got to change and get rid of that angry person that you think you are and understand that you're not the person who gets angry anymore. Then you'll stop getting angry every time you've got a chance to get angry. Are you following me? It's got all to do with your identity, basically, which sanctifies you, which lines you up. Can you imagine if you believed everything that the Bible said here about you, that Jesus said about you? What did he say? He said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. I give it to you. Nothing shall be impossible for you. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are a sick healer. You are a devil caster outer. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing, redeemed by the blood. You are delivered from the power of darkness. You are raised and seated in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. You are king and a priest unto God. That's not me. I wish that was me. But I've only been saved 32 years. Another 10 years, I'll be there. No, you're already there, but you're reckoning the wrong thing, and you're staying in the same place you were after 20 years because you're not reckoning the right thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Matthew chapter 8. And you'll find places, you'll find places where they teach you your works will do it for you. 
Well, just try a little harder. You know, go to church a little bit more. Uh, praise Jesus a little bit more. Ain't going to help you, praise God. It's going to help you when you make the collection with the identity of God and who you are. And then you'll actually have a reason to praise him. Lord, I praise you because I'm a sinner, worthless, never going to do anything. I just want to thank you for that. I mean, dear Lord. No, I thank you that I'm more than a conqueror. I thank you I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I thank you that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Praise God. So what do we do? We do songs, don't we, here that tell you you're more than a conqueror. We don't tell you you're weak, destroyed, can't do anything, a victim, never going to mount anything, can't do nothing. Praise God. See, I, I'm not raising dependents. I'm raising disciples. If I want a church of dependence, I'll just tell you you're all terrible. You've got to keep coming back and listening to me and try to get better. And then you have to keep coming back and try to get better than me. I want to grow you out of me. Come on. We're supposed to make disciples. We're not supposed to make people who are dependent. Crawling back into church every time. I'm looking for a dripple. The word. It's not the way we're supposed to be. You're supposed to walk in the room and the anointing is supposed to go whoosh. And then the next one walks in and goes whoosh. And the next one walks in and goes whoosh. And pretty soon everybody gets in there and everybody's giggling and laughing and the power of God's moving and hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, look at verse 23, talking about Jesus. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Now, most of you have heard this story a lot of times. Notice the disciples were in a boat. The wind was there. The waves were there. The storm was there. The boat was filling up with water. They thought they were going to sink and drown. Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind, said, Be still. The winds and the waves stopped, and basically the, sword, the storm came to an end. Notice what the disciples said. What manner of man is this? Let me tell you what manner of man it was. It was a man who was sanctified to God, the ways of God, the thoughts of God, and the desires of God. That's who it was. Now, when I was growing up, I heard this scripture many times, and they said, when you're in your boat, and you're having one of those days when the water's coming in and the wind's coming in. You need to call out to Jesus so that he will stop your boat from sinking. You need to just reach out to Jesus. And that was okay as long as I was in the church for two weeks. But notice, you're not in the image and likeness of the disciples. The disciples don't live on the inside of you. Peter's not in there. Paul's not in there. Thomas is not in there. Christ is in you. So our example is not help me, Jesus. My example is be still, calm down, and quit. Because God's on the inside of me. So what do I want to do? I want to identify with him. Not with Peter, with the ones crying out, help me, Jesus, do this, Jesus. No. And notice, Jesus didn't say, thank God you called. I'm so proud of you guys for calling me. He said, what is the matter with you? Why are you so fearful? Don't you have any faith? Don't you want to do what I'm doing? I've already taught you how to do it. Stand up in the boat and do it yourself. But every time you hear that you're the person in the boat, where does that put your identity? You're the loser that God's going to take you to be a winner. Just hang on just a little bit longer. So I'm a loser waiting on Jesus, taking me to be a winner. 
Well, then he's going to have to go to the cross again. And he's not going to because he already went there and made you a winner in every single area of your life. Praise God. You're already born again. You're in the things of God. So we need to associate with Jesus, don't we, in his identity. We, we don't run from storms. We speak to storms. Praise God. We don't run from sickness. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We don't run from devils. We cast devils out. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, our identity starting to change. All at once, we're not the weak little Christian we thought we were. All at once, we're going to start to get bold, praise God. We're going to walk a little bit different when we walk, praise God. We're not going to walk as a loser. We're going to walk as a winner. We're going to start operating the things of God because of sanctification that's slowly coming into our life. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 6. It says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I look at it again. For God, how many know that's big G? For God, what did he do? We all know he commanded light to shine out of darkness, and guess what happened? Light shined out of darkness. Now notice, he is now in your heart. What's he in there for? He's to get you to get a revelation of what he made you the day that you got born again, so any darkness that you're thinking about, any dark ways of attitudes, any dark ways of thinking would be removed with the revelation of who you really are on the inside. Notice, this is good because God's helping us. We're not, we're not resisting God. We're not saying, well, God's going to get mad if I find out who I am. God is in our hearts, and the word there is cardia, which means your soul and your spirit coming together as one. How many know you can believe something in your spirit and believe something different in your soul? See? So he's trying to bring the two together. He's trying to reveal to us. He's, he's trying to show us, praise God, as we get in the Word of God and as we sit under strong teaching who we really are. He's trying to shine into our hearts so that we get the revelation of who we really are, praise God, so we can start acting like it. And people say all the time, well, I believe that, praise God. He's going to reveal it to us when we die and go to heaven. It's going to happen to us in the rapture. But notice verse 7, but we have this treasure where? Where at? Where is it? In earthen vessels. Well, how are you going to get it when you get to heaven? You ain't got an earthen vessel to put it in. Come on, see, we want, to, we want to push everything off to heaven. Oh, when we get there, it'll be great, and it will. Oh, it'll be wonderful, and it will. But it can be wonderful and great right here, too, see? We don't have to be living in defeat every single day and be down and out every single day and all this because God's trying to shine the knowledge of the glory in the face of Jesus Christ, the face of Jesus Christ. Say the face of Jesus Christ. Now, if I want to see what the face of Jesus Christ looks at, I've got to be looking at the face of Jesus Christ. I can't look at the face of Peter and understand what Jesus is. I can't look at Paul. I can't look at anybody else. I'm going to look at Jesus Christ himself, find out how he operated, how he did things, how he walked in authority, how he walked in things. Then I'm going to reckon myself. What do you reckon, Pastor Tom? I reckon I'm more than a conqueror today, praise God. What do you reckon about this sickness going around? I reckon I ain't going to get it because I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, praise God. What do you reckon about that lady over there? She's demon-possessed. We better do something about it, praise God. I reckon we ought to do. See, it's all what you're reckoning in your own mind, and everybody's different. See, everybody here right now sees yourself some way. I can't tell by looking at your face, so don't worry. But wherever you're at, we want to elevate you. 
Are you finding? We want to elevate you into a different place. Now look at verse 8. He goes on to say, we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're puzzled, but we're not despaired. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We may be cast down, but we ain't going to be destroyed. We're always buried about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our, in our, in our. So these people had a mind change, didn't they? All at once they're being persecuted, so what? going to praise the Lord anyway. All at once, everybody's making fun of them. They don't care. They're going to pray for them anyway because they don't know what they're talking about anyway. They completely change. Now, if you don't, if you don't get sanctified and you get troubled on every side, you're going to cause some trouble on every side too. If you get distressed, everybody's going to know it. Are you distressed today? No. Oh, really? Do you have the joy? Yes. Well, where is it? Praise God. I don't see any of it. See, it shows up on your face, don't it? You can't hide that when you're all pressured and all stressed out and been talking doubt and unbelief. People just look at you and they say, oh, Lord. And some people, if they've seen you a bunch of times like that, will probably try to get away as quick as they can because you got it rehearsed. Be waiting right along. Praise God. Look at verse 10. Always burned about in the body of our dying of our Lord Jesus Christ and the life of Christ also may be manifest in our body. Verse 11. For we which live, are you alive? are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. Now, that sounds like fun to me. It sounds like fun to manifest. What's manifest? To make seen, to put forth, to bring forth. What do I want to manifest? Jesus. Why? Because I got his nature on the inside of me. I've got everything that he's given me on the inside. I can, I can love I can operate in peace. I can operate in joy. I can operate in power because Spirit of God's on the inside of me. Christ, the hope of glory, is on the inside of me. God lives on the inside of me. So the more I reckon myself like Him, the more I'm going to manifest, come on, His nature to a natural world. When you understand that you're love, you're not angry, you're not upset, you're not worthless, you're not terrible, you are love. God made you love. What does love do? They're patient, they're kind, never angry never rude, and you meditate on that and reckon yourself. You see somebody coming up and screaming at you, and you say, I love you, and you're maybe... Come on. You see that person who's coming up again that you can't hardly stand, and you just give them a big hug, praise God, when they come. But these are things you reckon in your imagination, and when they get in your imagination, they will get into a place to where you see yourself doing something you're not already doing, and pretty soon you'll be doing it, because it will manifest, say manifest, you know, the Bible says you can have the Spirit of God in you and not profit anybody. It's the manifestation of the Spirit that profits all. So if you're not manifesting any of the Spirit anyway, and how many know there's Christians out there like this? They've been born again. They've never gone anywhere in the Word of God. They've never grown at all. They're the same people they were that, that you're spending two years trying to get somebody saved who already is. Because there's no fruit. There's nothing there. There's nothing going on. Well, that fruit comes basically from feeding the Word, letting the Holy Spirit shine the light into you of who you are and what He's done for you and what He wants to do for you. So you start manifesting the things of God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 1. All right, Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 15. This is Paul. Paul says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me, 
that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Now, this is powerful, isn't it? What did Paul have here? Paul said, it pleases God. He separated me from my mother's room. He gave me the ability to do what? To reveal his son in me, not from heaven, not the sun over here, but the sun that lived on the inside of me is coming out of me. Now look what it says, among him, conferred not with flesh and blood, that I might preach him. Say, preach him. Preach him. Notice, you can't preach him until you identify with him. Yes. Come on. So we got a lot of preachers who don't identify with him. They identify with a loser. So they're going to preach you as a loser, and you're going to stay a loser because they're not, are you following me? Yes. So it doesn't matter how big their congregation is. It doesn't matter how many times they're on TV. You better check out what they're saying. If you, if you hear the sermon and you leave like you've just been punched in the stomach and don't know why, turn it off and don't turn it back on. They should be taking you to a higher level of understanding of who God made you and everything he provided for you. So the more he reveals out of the inside of me, the more I can reveal out of the inside of me to you. Are you following me? So Paul says, wow, this is great. He's revealing it through me. Look at Philippians chapter 1. This is why I believe Paul got to write most of the New Testament. He had a revelation. Philippians chapter 1, look at verse 20. Paul again, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, how many know these are pretty bold statements here? You want to preach these in front of a church, you're not getting get many amens because people don't understand the word you're saying, praise God. Are you following me? But he said, no, praise God. I'm magnifying Christ in my body. When I'm healing somebody, it's Christ healing through me. It's Christ loving through me. It's Christ's nature doing all these things in me, praise God. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 4. This is a lot. Do you need to make me a, th a three-parter instead of a one? All right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 22. Here's the process. That you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in and true holiness. Now, this is important here. Number one, who, who has to do the putting off? See, Lord, change me. Lord, help me. He's not going to do it. It's up to you. It's up to you to put on the new man, put off the old man. So here, basically, putting off concerning the old man, which is corrupt according to seedful lust. When you got born again, and even before you got born again, got born again right away, how many of you were still pretty corrupt at that time? How many might have been doing one or two things wrong yet? Yeah, you were because that's who you thought you were and that's what you were doing. Notice, and it says, be renewed in the, not your spirit, but renewed in what? The spirit of your, of your mind. So what's he dealing with here? He's dealing with your mind. It's your choice. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holiness. So I'm going to put on righteousness. I'm going to put on holiness. I'm going to put on a healed person. I'm going to put these things on. Basically, another trans transition says, wear them like. How many know everybody wore clothes this morning? Thank you very much. <laughs> but by wearing clothes, you put on something that someone can now see here on the outside, but they can't really see on the inside. Are you following? You put it on. So he's telling you to put certain things on 
in your lifestyle. So I want to put on in my thought life, I want to put on what he made me. He made me a new creation. He made me holy. He made me righteous. He made me powerful. And the more that I put on, the less space I give darkness and the devil that had control of that area of my mind. Are you following me? The Bible says, give the devil no place. When you got born again, he was kicked out of your spirit, but he's still hanging around here. What? With unbelief, with thoughts, with desires and different stuff that's in there that are not godly. So by renewing my mind, I am slowly moving from one direction into the other direction. And every time I find a lie and replace it with the truth, I kick him out a little bit more. See? And once I get not only my spirit, the devil completely out of there and thought life, basically it'll affect my physical body. How many know if you've got fear in your mind, it's affecting your physical body? Stressed out in your mind, it's affecting your physical body. Let's take another vitamin. Let's take some more medicine. No. Grow up. Grow up. Get those things out of your life. How are you going to do that? I'm going to do it here. I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to fear anymore. I'm not going to do it. I'm done. My days of worry are over forever. I remember when the Holy Ghost spoke that to me years ago. I just said, my days of worry are over forever. And every time I start to worry, I say, sorry, my days of worry are over forever. Praise God. I'm getting too old to waste a day by worrying. Praise God. Days of worry are over forever. They're done forever. Glory to God. I'm not going to worry again. And something would pop up. The kids, this or that. Hey. Then when you think about it, what good does your worrying do anyway? Nothing. Nothing. So what was I doing? I was putting something on, taking something off, see? And we're so conscious of the natural. The shoes that we wear to church, the nice outfits that we put on every morning that everybody wants to see, having everything just match perfectly. That's what we do when we come to church. Praise God. We want to match all the way up. Well, I wonder if we put that much time in. Put that much time in our spiritual clothes. And the, the problem is that there's not many examples because the world's not walking in this clothing. And most of the church isn't walking in this clothing either. See? So what do we want to do? We want to put these things on. We want to wear them. We want to clothe ourselves. We want to do it. So notice it's a process, isn't it? Say it's a process. All right. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So I got born again. I mean, if you really truly got born again, you should have been hungry for the word right away. The Bible says you need to desire the sincere milk of the word. If you got born again and didn't care about the word at all, I'm still wondering whether you... Just wondering. Should be a hunger there. Praise God for the word of God of some kind. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not holding their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, here I am. I get born again. I'm going to read the word. The Holy Ghost says get little note cards. And when you come across certain words like faith and all that, write them on the note card, put them in your little thing under F. And then when you find another one, you bring it back out and you write F again on there. It's about healing. You take it out there and you put your little note card and you do that. So I'm reading one day and I come across the scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I said, woo. You know, I don't really like me very well right now. I'd sort of like to be a new creature. That would be great. 
Lord, I want to be a new creature. Make me a new creature. Do what you can do to be a creature. And the mind said, you ain't no new creature. Who are you trying to kid? My God, just look what you did yesterday. I don't care if you're saved or not. My God, you're still out there doing the same stupid stuff. You're just the same idiot. The only thing is now you're probably going to heaven. That's all there is to it. And I look at it and say, but, but it says I'm a new creation. It don't say I'm going to be. It don't say I need to try to be. It just says I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the other side of my mind says... There's no way you're a new creation. Get over it. Don't you even tell anybody. My God, you even mention you're a new creation. You're going to get yourself in all kind of trouble. It's going to work. So basically, I said, well, I'll just leave that go for now. Then I read someplace where it says, you have the divine nature of God. Well, that would be a new creature. So I'm a new creature with the divine nature of God. Don't even think that. Don't you even think that. So one day, I'd remember, I'm a new creation. And I'd walk in peace, and I'd walk in joy. And the next day, I'd forget it, and I'd be mad, and I'd be throwing stuff, and I'd be kicking people, and then I'd remember it again, and I'd be the nicest guy. Bipolar. (laughs) See? And you can tell, and we're not being negative here, but if the devil can get in your mind, he can get you to believe anything. He can get you to believe that you're a woman when you're a man. Come on now, and I'm not putting them down. I'm saying that's a mind thing. Do you understand that? That someone has taken control of that part of their mind to a point where they believe it. You understand? Even though they've got physical evidence. Do you see? we got to believe it and don't have physical evidence. They've got it and still can't believe it. Why is that? Because it messes up. See? He's, he's dealing with your mind here. He's trying to keep you out of it. He's trying to keep you down. He's trying to keep you a sinner. He doesn't want you to actually believe that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, that you have been changed. Praise God. We can preach in the dark. I don't care. Dear Lord, just practicing for Africa. Probably won't be any lights over there. Praise God. What's the difference, Lord? Hallelujah. So what's going on? So there's a battle in my mind, isn't there? So I'm going to stay in the Word of God. No, thank you, Lord. I am a new creation. Thank you. I have the divine nature. Thank you that the Bible says I'm born of God, and I'm born of the Spirit of God, and I'm a son of God. And all at once, one day, it went boom. I said, my God, I'm a new creation. I've been confessing that for years, and now once it's real, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things, it worked with you at salvation. Come on, you got born again, and they said, go tell everybody you're saved. You said, are you out of your mind? I don't even know if I'm saved. I certainly ain't going to tell anybody I'm saved, you idiot. You, what's the matter with you? But then as time went along, and time went along, at once, boom, my God, I'm saved. Hallelujah. Now somebody asks you if you're saved, you say, you bet. What happened? Something exploded on the inside of you. Are you following me? That took place. And what did you do? Now you became sanctified in the area of being a new creation, of having the divine nature of God. Now the only thing you can do as a man thinks is his heart, so he... So now I'm going to live like the divine nature. I'm going to live like all those things that are on the inside of me. And what the only tradition I made, I just changed the way I was thinking to line up with God's rather than something else. Can we go a little deeper? All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I don't know if you're going to like this one or not, but we're going to read it. First Peter chapter 2, look at verse 24. Is this the word of God? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live or reckon ourselves unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye... Ye, 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 ye were healed. Okay, so I'm sick all my life. I'm reading the Bible. Come across this. It says, ye were healed. I said, when? 
Somebody better tell my body. Because I ain't healed, I'm sick. But the Bible says, ye were healed. Now, God's trying to sanctify me to believe I'm healed, but yet I'm sick. Body says I'm sick. Word says I'm healed. Doesn't say I'm going to be healed. You know, Lord's going to heal me someday. He never said that. He said, ye were healed. So how many know, as soon as I said, that's it. I'm not getting sick anymore. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. My God, you're going to get it now. You opened your big mouth and released every demon of hell on you, brother. You better shut your mouth when it comes to healing because you ain't healed. You're sick. I said, ooh, that's true. I better leave that go. Then I get to Isaiah where it says, Surely has borne my sickness, has carried my diseases with his stripes. I'm healed. I said, oh, there it is again. I said, no. I'm healed, praise God. I am healed. You're not healed. Test yourself. Does your arm hurt? Yes. Does your leg hurt? Yes. But I'm healed. Why? Because ye were healed, you see. We want to believe in the natural where we're at and try to advance ourselves into where we should be reckoning-wise. Are you following me? And anybody you talk to, when you got a pain, nobody's going to tell you you're healed with this book. No doctor's going to say, don't worry about that, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Come on, you're not going to look on the medicine that says, take one of these, you'll be healed by the stripes of Jesus forever. No, see, it don't work. And I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying what you reckon makes a big difference in your life. Now, watch this. If I get to a place where it explodes in me, and bless God, Jesus paid for my healing, and I'm healed, and my days of sickness and disease are open, now when an attack comes, I fight it from a victory point rather than a loser point. Because if you get the symptom, oh, I'm sick. I must be sick, but I'm going to fight for my healing. See, you've already pulled yourself down jerked yourself down into the sick arena. Now you're trying to climb your way back up, get in the healing. Why not just stay in the healing and get off me in the name of Jesus. Get out of my body. Get out of my voice. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. I'm healed, praise God. So what am I doing? I'm, I'm doing it from the king of the mountain place. Hallelujah. I love that story. When I was young, praise God, I, li- I lived in Ohio. We went to, went to a little school there and there was snow there and basically you'd have recess and when you go out they'd pile the snow all the way up great big and high well we'd go out for recess and I'd go out for recess and of course I was real short compared to everybody else and not as big so when I got there and tried to climb the mountain they would just push me back down and I'd slide back down the snow I could never get up there so since I was very smart say very smart I raised my hand right before recess one time said I had to go to the bathroom she said go instead of going to the bathroom I went to the hill and I got on top And what happened then? They released all these big guys to come out there. But see, I was on top, and every time they came up, I just gave them a little push, and it slid. Didn't matter how big they were, they slid back down the hill. There goes another one. I was king, praise God, for a day. And I thought, wouldn't it be that good way if you were a Christian? If you were righteous and sin came to you, and you just... Sickness comes to you, you just give it a little kick, and it gets out of there. Stress comes to you, you just kick it out of the way, praise God. Anger strives to come, you say, no, praise God, it ain't going to work that way. Because what are we doing then? We're living in victory. We've got a different perspective. We understand things different. The Bible says you have an anointing. Do you know that? Yeah. It does. It says you have an anointing. It says God's the one who anointed you. Yeah. When I got in that scripture, I studied it. I studied it because I figured I needed to be anointed to preach and do everything that I was doing. So I meditated on it, meditated on it. Now, now last week, we taught for a little bit, and then we started to lay hands on people. Remember that? Yeah. Now, when I was up here doing stuff, God spoke to me and he said, I want you to lay hands on people. Let me tell you, there was not one goosebump, not one feeling that there was any power in me or in this place whatsoever. Didn't want to, didn't care if I laid hands on people, but I simply was sanctified to his voice. Then after I started doing what he told me to do without the feelings to do it, 
All at once when I did it, the feeling started to arise on the inside of me and the anointing came upon me and people got touched to a point where you can knock people down and tackle them if you wanted to. But notice, I had to believe that. Now, I could have stood here and said, when you give me a goosebump, I'll start laying hands on people. Give me a bump. Give me a, everybody pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm waiting on a bump up here. Bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me. Give me the anointing. Bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me, bump me. Oh, nope, that's just the air conditioner. Bump me, bump me, bump me. See, you've got to believe what the Word says first. You get the results then. You don't get the results then. Believe God. If you already got the results, why do you got to believe God? You know? So what was it? I just obeyed the voice of the Lord because basically I've been sanctified to it in that area and did what God wanted to do and God did what he wanted to do. And everybody was happy, joyous, jumped up and down, praise God, had a good time and left, praise God. But these are things that we got to start putting on in our lives because this is who you are, praise God. I don't care what happened to your past. I don't care what people did to you. I don't care what's happened to you. I don't care all the terrible things that have been done or not done to you. Let those things go and, and get in the word of God and figure out who you are, praise God, and who you are. You are anointed. You are healed. You are blessed. You are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. All right, one more. Go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. Are you there? Look at verse 14. It says, put ye on anger. Put ye on a victim mentality. Put me on sickness. Put me on loser. No, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and don't make provisions for the flesh and the lust thereof. So who am I going to put on? I'm going to put on the nature of Christ. I'm going to put on the power of Christ. I'm going to put on the anointing of Christ. How many know the world needs a manifestation of God? How many know the church needs a manifestation of God? I mean, no, God needs a manifestation of God. We forget that. He, he's the one who put us here to do this. He's hoping somebody gets a, a grip on this and starts to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You were created to rule and have dominion on the earth realm and live in victory. And the only way you're going to do that is through sanctification of who you really are. You're not a victim. You're not a loser. You're not an addict. You're not a, an alcoholic. You're not a... Saying a lot, of, a lot of the worldly things who try to help people make them confess that. And that doesn't help. Do you understand? Hi, I'm Tom, an alcoholic. Well, how's that going to help me? When I'm not an alcoholic, praise God. I'm just solidifying my alcoholism and my desire for it and my resistance to it. So whatever you claim to be, if you find yourself claiming something, I mean, you're driving down the street, you say, oh, you idiot, you. Slap yourself. I'm not an idiot. I'm a child of the living God, praise God. I'm not an idiot. Oh, I always screw up. Stop that. See? I can't help it. Stop that. Yes, you can help it. Just start reckoning yourself the opposite of it, and it will change in your thought life and change in your mind, and you'll start walking in the things of God more and more every single area of your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. the kingdom of God